Good evening, everyone. Today, we're doing things a little different. Normally, on Tuesdays, we do the Doug and Barnes show uh, during Bleacher Brawl's live podcast recording. However, I am without, I am, I repeat, I am without my other half. Barnes is busy. So hopefully today I will have Derek and hopefully Joey uh, joining me and we will do the Doug and Barnes show without Barnes and uh, Derek and Joey. If, if Joey joins, um, you know, we'll, we'll just do it a little differently today. Uh, Derek's here. Let me welcome in Derek. How we doing? How we doing? What's up, Derek? Not much. I'm uh, currently in the middle of a 32-man Dynasty Fantasy Football draft. Okay. <laughs> and it is going crazy, to say the least. Um, and I ended up with the first pick, which <laughs> I hate because I had the first pick, and then my next pick is the 64th pick. Holy crap. Okay. Well, all right, then. Yeah, it's utter chaos. Yeah. Um, all right. So today, like I said, we're going to be doing things a little different. Uh, Barnes is not here. We're just going to be talking about baseball. A uh, lot of good games and series going on, as well as home run watches from a couple people. Uh, so we're going to touch on that. And we may even talk about our... Uh, Beecher Brawl's Fantasy Football League, what happened uh, over the weekend, and uh, and then we'll see where we're at. So, um, Derek, what games, what MLB games are you looking forward to today, uh, this series, or this week? I mean, the obvious one's Red Sox Yankees, right? I think that's uh, kind huh? of the obvious one. Um, but Toronto is. and Tampa... Toronto and Tampa, um, they kind of had a little bit of a bench clearer. Um, I think it was last night. Um, the uh, blue, the race, race pitcher hit Bichette and nicked his forearm, I think, and then hit the like chin flap, I guess, of his helmet. Um, uh-huh. Bichette got upset, slammed his bat, and then uh, the next inning, Jose Barrios threw one right at the hip of Francisco Mejia. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'll be the first one to say that I'm okay with Toronto and Tampa Bay going at it. <laughs> um, the wild card picture is Seattle, Tampa Bay, and Toronto. And Baltimore is five and a half games back. Chicago White Sox are seven games back. Minnesota is nine games back. And the Red Sox are ten games back. Um, So one of either Tampa Bay or Toronto is going to lose today. And Uh, Toronto already lost once today. Oh, did I miss that? It's a doubleheader today. I missed that. Okay, so Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, doubleheader. Doubleheader, Toronto lost the first game 4-2. Second game is about to start. Okay. So, that means that Tampa Bay has the second wild card spot as of right meow. And we'll see what happens with the other game later tonight. Um, the next closest team is the Orioles. And they are playing um, the Nationals in... DC. So they took a little trip down the BW Parkway today, or maybe I'm sure they traveled yesterday. Um, they took a little drive. It's about an hour uh, from from Baltimore to DC. So little uh, little uh, just highway series there, and Baltimore should come out on top. Uh, Washington kind of is, you know, got nothing. Um, so hopefully Baltimore can pick up some games. We're going to have the Red Sox still trying to play spoiler against the Yankees. Um, 
Let's see, where are the Yankees here? Yankees have won both of their last two games. They're six or six and four in their last ten. As are Tampa Bay, as are the Red Sox, and Toronto seven three in their last ten. I'm pretty so, sure the Yankees went five and two this past week. I think Barnes predicted it. Yeah, he he he, he got it. Um, check out uh, at Barnes BB. I think that's his handle. I think uh, it's BBS. BBS, whatever. Thank you. Um, for the predictions, uh, for his upcoming predictions of the Yankees, the Yankees are uh, five and a half games ahead, uh, five in the loss column of the Rays, who, like Derek said, won today. So keeping pace, and they have an opportunity to pick up another game if they win against Toronto today. Um, let's see. We got – what else do we got? So in that series, we're going to be looking for uh, Judge to hit 56. Is that where he left off? I th- Yeah, I think he's at 55 right now. So Judge is at 55. And Barnes also predicted by September 24th, exactly, uh, Judge would hit 60-62. So we're watching for that. Um, We're watching for Trout to hit his uh, home run in his eighth straight game, which would be insane because... You know, it's just the most Mike Trout thing to do. Uh, That's what we're looking for tonight. That game is underway in Cleveland. Uh, The Angels scored. Let's see how they scored. Uh, Matt Theis home run, hit a home run. Okay. So no, uh, no Mike Trout, but we got Matt Theis. And then we got... Pujols looking for 698 as Seattle is playing at home against Milwaukee. All right. Who, which, Derek, which of these happens tonight? Does Judge hit 56? Does Pujols hit uh, 698? Or does Mike Trout hit, hit a home run in his eighth straight game? I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I don't think any of those are happening tonight. No. Okay. Because uh, I one, I don't think the Red Sox are going to pitch to Judge. I mean, I mean, who knows? Maybe they will, but I wouldn't. Um, right. Then I just don't. I don't know if Pulse is playing tonight. Even if he oh. is, um, you're playing the Brewers. The Brewers aren't just going to lob one down the middle for him. Um. Yeah, Pulse is playing tonight, but. Is he? Okay. Yeah, he's playing. But the Brewers aren't just going to like kind of lob one down the middle like some teams might that are out of contention. Uh, the Brewers aren't going to make his at-bats easy on him. Um, and then, you know, Trout, I just think eight. I think eight games, you know, the fact that you've hit seven in a row. Like, yeah. They hit an eight, eight games in a row. Like, obviously it's possible, but like the more home games you hit a home run in, the, the bigger chance that you're not going to hit one in the next game. Yeah. Um, if I had to pick one that's most likely, I'd probably pick Pujols just because eight home runs in eight games is ridiculous, and I don't think the Red Sox really fancy pitching to Aaron Judge. Um, plus, Judge's record yeah. at Fenway isn't great. Um, it's not great at Fenway, so there's also that. Yeah, so um, just looking at Pujols' stats here, and he's he's – Kind of turned the season around. He's having like a sneaky, like good season. Uh, 252 at bats, 31 runs, 67 hits, 18 home runs, 48 RBIs. He has a stolen base, uh, 266 average, 338 on base, and 866 OPS. Um, that's that's sneaky good. I mean, what do you think? I mean, what is he? Forty-two years old, I think. <laughs> yeah. Like, for you to, for, to do that at age forty-two, when some guys can barely crack two hundred, I mean, like that's ridiculous. And 
also take into account was this year is supposed to be kind of that, like, the last, like, go at, like, you know, return of the Cardinals be kind of like a fairy tale. Hope maybe they can win a World Series and really get that true kind of fairy tale ending to his career. Um, but it was more kind of just he's going home. Maybe he'll get a couple of bats. Hopefully, he'll have some home runs, but 700 is kind of a long way away. Whereas now it's like, oh my gosh, he actually like legitimately could hit 700. Yeah, I mean, on on top of that, he is he's like he's contributing. He's contributing. Like nobody thought he would be contributing. Like you just said, nobody thought he would be contributing like this. Um, but he is doing more than what that a lot more than what you know the uh, the Cardinals could have asked from him. I mean, he has almost at 50 RBIs and 20 home runs. And like you said, 42. Um, didn't he have like a, a game-winning home run or, or a lead? Um, I think, I I think it was a go-ahead homer, I think. Go, yeah, that, there's the words I was looking for. Go-ahead home run. Um, yeah, I mean, so so not as is he only doing it at 42. Like, he's contributing. He is clutch still, and you know he, he is. Go- he only needs three home runs in twenty games or so left, something like that. But like, have you seen his second half stats for Albert Pujols? Like, yeah. they're out. They're outrageous. Yeah, in the second half. Um, so basically, since the All Star break, he's played in thirty seven games. He's hitting three forty with a three ninety five on base and a seven forty eight slugging. With t- six doubles, twelve homers, twenty-eight RBIs, and and that's one hundred and fourteen plate appearances. Like, and in July he hit three twenty, in August he hit three sixty-one. So far in September he's only hitting two forty, um, but he's got three home runs in twenty-five at bats. So if he stays on that pace, you know he he should hit seven hundred. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. I'm doing some quick math. So, in 252 at-bats, he is hitting 18 home runs. That's 14. That's a home run every 14 at-bats. And his first half was not as good as the second half, so he definitely turned it on. So that's, you know, probably even uh, lower if you, you know... um, prorated it for the second half but if he stays on even if he stays on that pace uh in 21 21 games left so every seven games say he hits a home run at one home run every seven games um that's easily 14 at bats so uh definitely doable um you know, I just hope he doesn't start to get like nervous and, you know, um, you know, thinking about it too much that he tries to do too much and, um, you know, kind of psychs himself out of it. You think there's anything to that? Can you can you psych yourself out of, you know, being so close to a record that, you know, it almost hurts you a little bit? I think you can, but not Albert Pujols. He's not worried about the record out. Like, there's, it's one thing, like, for example, like, if you're, like, truly, like, worried about getting that record. But to me, I don't feel like Albert's, like, pushing, like, I need to hit 700. For him, it feels like if I do it, I do it. But, like, I'm still satisfied with my career if I don't do it. Like, he, he doesn't seem to have any problems if he doesn't do it. Um, but what's been ridiculous, over the, this season, uh, if you put him on a 650 plate appearances pace which is, you know, a lot of at-bats for, like, a that's like a guy who's hitting third, like, every day about the amount of plate appearances they're having. Like he'd be on a 39 home run pace. Oh, okay. And if you took his second half numbers and took out the first half, he'd be on a 69 home run pace. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, that's pretty good just regular, not even – Taking into effect uh, that he's forty-two. Yeah, it's it's been ridiculous, and I mean, the Cardinals look like they're going to win that division. And I mean, I mean, I, they're kind of going to be America's team in the postseason. I mean, who's not yeah. going to want to see 
you know, Pools and Molina and Wainwright and they're potentially Wainwright. We know it's Pools and Molina's last year. Uh, yeah. Maybe even Wainwright. Like, who wouldn't want to see them go and win a World Series if your team's not in it? Right. Yeah, exactly. I think everyone's going to be rooting for them. Um, you know, it's just how can you not with all the – just like if you think of good, like g- genuinely, like not like uh, talent-wise good, but just like being a good person, um, you feel like their whole lineup, every person in the Cardinals is a genuinely good guy. Arnado, Goldie. Pujols, Molina, Wayno, you know, and, and I'm probably forgetting a bunch, but like, you just want those guys to win because they're, they're winners. And, um, I, I think they will be America's team, you know, in the, in the playoffs. So, uh, good, good coining that, uh, Derek. Um, so yes, the moving on, uh, the Yankee and Red Sox game is underway. Pavetta is pitching for the Red Sox and judge grounded out in his first at bat and uh, Stanton struck out swinging. However, um, it's a weird lineup from the Yankees. (laughs) Uh, Judge is batting leadoff playing center field. Stanton is batting second DHing. That's just a little strange. And then you got no, Torres. I, think I, I have an idea on why they have the lineup like that. Go for it. If you're not going to pitch, if you if teams don't want to pitch to Judge, right, if he's hitting second or third in the inning, they get an out or two, put Judge on base. There's already an out, or there's already two outs. You know, one out, double play, ends the, ends the inning already. There's two outs, we only need one more out. However, you let him on base with no but with no outs, and then Stanton's coming up. That might kind of pull away from just pitching around him a little bit, especially early in the game. So at least they're giving Judge a chance to make an effect on the game. I think it kind of detracts teams from going, okay, we're just going to pitch around Judge even in, even as early as the first inning. You know, now Judge is leading off. You have Stanton right behind him. Do you really want to just put him on first base? I don't uh, know. With the way Stanton's performing right now, I probably wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, but you get you get the the idea. Yeah, yeah, of it, yeah. I, I got your idea. That definitely has some, uh, definitely has some weight to it. But yeah, uh, Stanton hitting two seventeen with twenty six home runs. You know the average is way down, but still twenty six home runs, and he's been hurt for a while. I don't know. I'd probably take my chances pitching to him. Yeah, but when they're healthy, though, you may have LeMayhew and Rizzo behind him if they do that, with if they keep judging leadoff. Now that's going to pull away from just pitching around him, especially with a guy like LeMayhew behind him who can just uh, poke the ball for a single and now it's runners on first and second with no outs. Yeah, last 15 games for Stanton, uh, 146 average and two home runs, uh, 13 strikeouts. I'm definitely taking my chances um you know i i wonder if that hurts him like i'd rather put someone else behind him behind judge uh i wouldn't put stanton behind judge right now with the way stanton's playing i think he's playing like crap yeah but they don't have many options right now i think that's kind of the problem the only other options are glaber torres or josh donaldson yeah i mean their averages are way down too and uh they're kind of no man's land. Um, but they are batting against Nick Pavetta, who seemingly uh, shits the bed every time he pitches against an AL East team. Just getting in Pavetta's head? Yeah. Well, Nick Pavetta might be the luckiest pitcher in baseball this year um, because he gives up so many long fly balls that aren't home runs, uh, it's kind of shocking how he's only given up, I think, 20 home runs this year. Yeah. Um, so what you can do if you guys want to find the stat and go to Baseball Savant, go to Leaderboards, and under Pitching, you find the home runs. But they have you have your home run, actual home runs given up, um, and then expected home runs given up, and then there's they have a stat that's the difference between the two. 
Nick Pavetta it leads the league in the biggest difference from his expected home runs to actual home runs. Mm. Um, an expected home runs basically is like the would you dong, well, would it dong account on Twitter, where it's, yeah. you know, how many ballparks would be a home run in. If you hit a home run, that's a home run in 15 ballparks out of 30. It's one actual home run, but only 0.5 expected home runs. Kind of get the point. Um, so Pavetta's given up 20 actual home runs, but his expected home runs is 26.5, giving him a negative 6.5 difference. Or just a 6.5 difference between his expected home runs and actual home runs. Which is the biggest gap by over one. By over one home run. The next closest is negative 5.3 for Jordan Lyles of the O's. And he also has that ridiculous left field in play. Pavetta doesn't have that. Right, right, right. Yeah, and, and it just seems like even when he plays against AL East, he just... Like, there was the good... There was that... That during that Red Sox good stretch in uh, the end of May and June, um, Pavetta was like dealing. He was the best, one of the best pitchers in the league, um, and and now he's he's still here with a four point two seven ERA, and every time he faces the AL East, it just gets bad, worse, you know. Um, all right. So are there, excuse me. <coughs> Ooh, shoot. Um, all right. So are the Red Sox or Yankees going to win tonight? Garrett Cole is pitching against. This is not Zavetta. good. What's that? This is not looking good for the Red Sox. I was about to say this isn't looking good because look who's pitching for the Yankees. Yeah. Garrett Cole. Um, but Garrett Cole is known to shit the bed too. Um, so and and it's funny because the amount of times that I've seen Garrett Cole like pissed off and shit the bed, he still has a three point two ERA, and uh, he could do some damage. So, but but the Red Sox are have been playing better as of late, um, which is great. I mean, they're still going nowhere. Um, how close are they? Uh. What's the what's the Red Sox record at? I don't even I don't even know right now. The Boston Red Sox are sixty nine and seventy two, so they're headed straight for mediocrity. Yeah. So and to the putting greens and to the putting greens, they'll have a chance to get to five hundred. Hopefully they do. Um, that's just sad if they don't. Uh, we'll see. To be fair though, if they miss five hundred by like a game or two, I'm just gonna say. You know what? They played in the most ridiculous division anyone's ever seen in their lives. If they're in any other division, I can guarantee they win at least one or two more games to hit 500. All right. Yeah, I guess that's fair, but, you know. It's still not a good year, but, like, the fact that, like, this is the most ridiculous division I think anyone's ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, So that game is underway in the bottom of the first... And let's see, did Mike Trout get up for a second time? Yes, looks like he walked. So we'll have to wait for his third at bat. Angels winning one nothing, as I said before. Uh, Baltimore scores a run. Gunnar Henderson, RBI single. Puts Orioles on the board one nothing. Uh, Dean Kramer pitching for the Orioles. 3.23 ERA for Kramer. Um, very good year for him and the uh, Orioles pitching staff as a whole, uh, who are pretty much just a bunch of nobodies um, after they lost um, means to uh, Tommy John. Uh, what do you think about the Orioles rotation? I think their rotation might be getting a boost before the end of the season. Oh, yeah. Grayson Rodriguez is uh, back in AAA now. Yep. Um, you, you might as well at least get him at least one start in the big leagues. Um, I truly think that he would have been up in like in like late June had he not gotten injured. I mean, he was the number three prospect in baseball for a reason. I don't know where he is now in the prospect rankings, but he's still probably a, at the very worst. He's still top ten in all of baseball. I think he's still the top pitching prospect in baseball. 
Um, so that just, at least according to MLB pipeline, so that just kind of shows you, you know, what kind of prospect pedigree you're looking at with Grayson Rodriguez. And yeah. Yeah, like the Orioles, they're only just going to add more of these young pieces to their team. And Grayson Rodriguez, you know, they brought up Gunnar Henderson. Grayson Rodriguez is the next one up. And yeah, he, he he's going to be, you know, he, he looks like he's going to be an ace down the road. Um, Grayson Rodriguez is the fourth-ranked prospect in baseball, according to MLB Pipeline. And he is uh, the top pitching prospect of all in all of baseball. So next year, I mean, we know that Adley's going to be starting. Um, you know, he'll he'll definitely be starting the season. You know, barring some injury or whatever. Um, but do Stowers, uh, Henderson, and Grayson Rodriguez all start in the majors uh, in April next year? I mean, I would think so. Um... I mean, I don't see any reason why not. I know the Orioles are saying they're going to go out and spend some money this offseason. Yeah, but you're not going to just blockade your young guys that are already there. I think, you know, Gunnar, Gunnar Henderson and Grayson Rodriguez and Hal, and Hal Stowers and, and even the guys who are right on the cusp, like Colton Kowser and a couple other guys, like they're, they're so close where it's like, okay, there's no point in blocking them. You, you, you know, think the, Orioles, that... the Orioles aren't going to go out and sign Carlos Correa because you have Gunnar Henderson at short and Colton Kowser. Um, Colton Kowser is an outfield, but uh, outfielder, but you're not going to go sign. Uh, they had another shortstop, I think. Um, maybe I don't know. Um, but like, you're not going to sign a Carlos Correa because you have Gunnar Henderson. Right. You're not going to go sign, you know, freaking Aaron Judge because your outfield. You you have enough outfielders, like. You have Mullins, you have Hayes, you do have Santander, but you have Stowers. Colton Kowser, like I said, is very close. Um, so you don't need, like, an Aaron Judge. But I think they might spend some money on at least the rotation. Yeah, you you would think that if this team is going to spend money, they're going to spend money on the rotation because their bullpen is elite. And I, I don't know what the, you know, all their contract situation, but I, I feel like they're a bunch of guys who are controllable. Um, they've had an insanely good bullpen this year. And you just got to think that, you know, they're going to be spending money on the rotation because, you know, if, if you can, you know, start the games very well and then hand it over to that bullpen, um, it, it's just going to be a nightmare for people. And, I feel like they need a like a veteran guy um, to kind of like guide them in. So, so I think if they go the you know a position player route, um, I, I I I don't know who it is, but it would have to be someone who's won before. And I mean, hell, it could even be Trey Mancini again. Mancini hasn't hasn't won, but you you I I consider him that veteran like presence that could be like, hey, I was in all of your guys' shoes, and let's do this thing next year. Um, do you can, do you think a Mancini to the Orioles could happen in the off season? I I don't know. I so here's my thoughts when I'm looking at the Orioles. Um. You know, you have Hayes, Mullins, Stowers, Santander in the outfield, and Kowser's close. You don't really need an outfielder. You have Jorge Mateo who can play short. Hunter Henderson can play short. Don't need a shortstop. You probably don't need a third baseman because one of them can play third. You have Mountcastle at first, maybe a second baseman. But, like, it's really just shortstops this offseason. Doesn't really make sense, honestly, um, yeah. to go out. And, and also Jordan Westberg is close as well. He's an infielder. Yeah. Um, he's called. He's in AAA. Catcher of Rushman doesn't really make much sense. Um, but when you look, the rotation 100% makes sense. You know, you have Bradish and uh, you have Bradish, who's you know good and young. Um, we'll see if they keep Jordan Lyles. That's to be seen. They have uh, Grayson Rodriguez uh, close. DL Hall. We'll see if I know he's in the bullpen right now. We'll see if he's still in the bullpen next year or if they do move him to the rotation. Um, John Means is going to be coming back next year. That's a massive addition. 
and he should massively improve with the new left field that obviously we've seen all this year. Um, he should improve a lot because some of those home runs on left field aren't going to be there anymore. Yeah. Um, so he should be a lot better, at least at home. He should be a lot better. Um, give Dean Kramer. So, like, there's a lot of guys there, but there's no true, like, ace. Maybe you don't need the ace, but, like, a Carlos Rodon maybe might not be a bad option. Um, I know he's, like, yeah, that's not, like, a terrible option, Carlos Rodon. I would actually, if I'm the Orioles, I'd look into it. Um, I'm trying to think who else is there. DeGrom's probably too far off. Um, he probably doesn't make sense, actually, anyways. That's a lot of money. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think who else be, is there. That would be Chris crazy. Bassett could, could be that a free would, agent. That would be crazy interesting if they did go after a, a, a Doug Rom. Um, so maybe one point where they can uh, upgrade a veteran presence could be their uh, uh, backup catcher. I know they have Chirinos now. And he just they, the Orioles just don't win. So basically, I was very, 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 very against, as most Orioles fans were trading um, trading Mancini. But the the thing that it did that it, it took me a minute to realize was that they were able to uh, DH. Um, Rutschman when he wasn't catching. So, you know, his bat is still in the lineup, switch hitting catcher, still in the lineup. Um, but but just him not catching that game, they were like one, you know, they, they just didn't win when they had him. And that's a big thing, even though they were able to keep him in the lineup uh, using the DH spot where Trey Mancini pretty much occupied when he was there. So that that's what, you know, the benefit of moving Mancini out did for the Orioles. Um, even though it may have just been better, give them the, you know, rush the day off because they weren't winning anyway with Chirinos in the lineup. So it's like, I can see it both ways there, um, but it'll be very interesting. Um, I intend to see the Orioles, um, very much in the com- in the free agent market this year, uh, this offseason. All right. Um, still no home runs for many of our home run watch people. Uh, Houston is winning for one. Uh, Kyle Tucker, two-run home run. Jordan Alvarez hit number 33. And it's four to one in Detroit who is losing 1-4 to four against Houston. Uh, Tampa Bay and Toronto is 0-0 in the second, bottom of the second. Um, who, who wins more games, Tampa Bay or Toronto? I mean, I can't put my money against Tampa Bay. They just got, they just got Wander Franco back. I mean, and, like okay. he's their best player went healthy. Yeah. So I feel like I kind of got to go Tampa. Um, they should be getting McClanahan back off the IL. I think, uh, I think Thursday they're going to get him back off the IL and he's going to start against Toronto. Um, so that, that team, they, they just got to stay healthy. That's the whole thing with the race. They just got to stay healthy. Like if you, if you look at their whole team and you just went, you just look at it and go, what if they were all healthy? Like what if they had glass now? And they had like all these guys who are just always injured, like always, they always have injuries. It's, you always think it's like, what if they just had some guys who yeah. just like these guys who some guys who weren't injured? Imagine if they could put like a magic spell on some of these guys and say, you're not injured anymore. Like they'd be so much better than they are. Um, but yeah, I think they kind of will have that kind of little late uh, kind of burst because they're getting those guys back. Yeah. Um, but you know who is really hot right now? Uh, Bo Bichette. Bo Bichette is tearing the cover off the ball. And at the right time for the Blue Jays. Uh, his last 30, he's hitting 359. His last 15, he's hitting 450. I mean, come on. It's like 
you know, the calendar changed to September and Bo said, well, you know, not even, even to mid, mid August, Bo said, let's go. We got to, you know, we got to win this top wild card spot. And so his last 30 games, uh, 42 hits, seven home runs, 23 RBIs, 359, 414, and 650 slugging. Um, oh, wait, actually, all of his home runs are in the last 15 games. Wow. So forget that. Last 15, 27 hits, seven home runs. So all of his home runs are in his last 15. And 450 average, 492 on base percentage, 950 slugging. What's going on with Bo, Derek? I mean, he's just on an absolute tear. I mean, I mean, there's not much to say besides he is like scorching hot right now. I mean, that's really what it is. He's just super, super hot. Can't really slow him down right now. And yeah, it's, I mean, he's been a guy who, you know, when he gets on these hot streaks, you know, it's hard to stop him. You know, like, He's hitting even go like to his last thirty games. He's hitting three fifty nine, the four fourteen on base and a six fifty slugging. Yeah. Like that that's a month. That's a month of hitting three sixty yeah. with an OPS over a thousand. Like he's just he's just like on he's just like on just absolute fire right now. And it's like, okay, when Bo gets this hot, like Good luck stopping him because he he's normally pretty solid, but there's it feels like there's like just one a year where he just goes on like some crazy hot streak for like three to four weeks, and this seems like that's it right now. Yeah. So the Blue Jays have uh, twenty one team games remaining, and uh, I'm looking at Bo's stats here. And last year, he finished 12th in the MVP voting. And he is on pace to, you know, pretty much end around the same stats as last year. Um, he hit, he had 190, he led MLB last year with 191 hits, 298 average. Uh, he has 159 hits right now in 138 games. So, um, Bo's pretty much, you know, he's playing every day. And, and last season was his first full season, 159 games. He had 29 home runs last year, uh, 30 doubles last year. This year he has 24 home runs, and he already has eight more doubles than last year. Uh, RBI, 102 last year to 87 this year. And his batting average, you know, he he's already – had more strikeouts than last year with 20 something, 20 games remaining. Um, and he's only 18, 17 points off in his batting average. Um, is, does Bo Bichette hit himself into top 10 MVP voting this year? Ah, my gosh. I, I mean, here's my thing with MVP voting is when you get down to like the lower kind of like guys who aren't getting the top three votes it's kind of just whoever the voters want to vote for at that point really it's like i wouldn't be surprised to see albert pools get like a 10th place mvp vote and he yeah. comes like 15th place in mvp voting like it wouldn't surprise me especially if it's like one of the st louis beat writers who do it does it like yeah. wouldn't surprise me one bit like yeah. is it necessarily fair no but like I mean, I'm not gonna. I wouldn't complain if it happened. Right. So I just, I think that there's stuff like that that happens where so like can't really be sure. But it wouldn't surprise me if one of those kind of like Toronto beat writers is just like, yeah, I'll throw in a vote for Bo Bichette. Why not? Yeah, uh, I, I feel like the MVP voting does need to be fixed a little bit. Um, you know, especially after I saw the season with Altuve and Judge, and how Judge did not win an MVP again. You know, over Altuve will forever boggle my mind. I'll see if I can find those stats um, for you in a second. But, um, yeah, that's going to be close. And, you know, with Wander Franco coming back for the Rays, like you mentioned, 
Um, you know, we're not going to see a full season of Wander. Uh, clearly, this year he was hurt for most of it. But hopefully next year we can see full Wander again. Um, let me go. What was Wander like last year? I, I don't remember. He was ridiculous. Um, amazing. Finished third in AL Rookie of the Year voting despite only playing 70 games. Uh, 281 at bats. He had 290 with a 347 on base, 463 slugging. Uh, seven only seven homers, but he had that massive stretch where I think he reached base in like 42 or 43 oh, straight right, games. Right. Yeah, like yeah, it was like his, his first like couple weeks he struggled a little bit. Besides like that first game that I happened to be at, and he hit like a homer and a double, and also had another hit, I think. But like the last like two months of that season, he was like. Ridiculous. I'm actually looking it up right now. Oh, so yeah, he only played in 70 games last year and he played in 62 this year. Um, yeah, not too far off from his numbers last year, actually. Yeah, well, here's the thing though with last year, um, 2021 for Franco, his first 15 games he hit 197. His which was the first half up until the All-Star break from when he was called up up until the All-Star break. After the All-Star break in 55 games, he hit 314 with a 372 on base and a 500 slugging. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it's looking like, you know, he'll match his, you know, very close to his total of last year. But hopefully next year we can see, I mean, I, I – I don't want to see it because he plays in the American League, right? Uh, American League East. But with the schedule next year, we won't, all the teams won't be playing that many games against each other. So um, the, uh, you know, Wander will be more other people's problems uh, next year. But we do want to see a full full season of Wander. Um you know, that's just one of those things that you want to see as baseball fans. You want to see rookies come up and, you know, kill it and then, you know, go on to kill it. Keep on killing it. You know, these once in a generation type players, you know, Mike Trout's, Wander, you know, those kind of people. You just want to see them do well. Even if, yeah. even if they're not, even if they're, you know, doing well against your team. <laughs> Well, you prefer not against your team, but I think at the end of the day, when you have generational talents, you know, as just as a baseball fan, you want to be able to see them. You want it's like like Mike Trout, for example. Yeah. You know, like if you like if you get the chance to see Mike Trout play, like take that chance. It's like like for example, I got a chance to see Shohei play, and I'm like, and as soon as like I knew that it was a possibility, I'm like, we're getting tickets. I'm like, I'm going. I need to see Shohei play, yeah. uh, and this was last year. I was like, I got to see it, even though he's probably not pitching. Like I just got to see it because like this like when you see generational talents like some of these guys are like a Wander Franco and I got lucky enough that my the game at one of the games I went to just so happened to be his first game. It's exactly. like you don't see guys like this all the time, and yeah. there might be players who end up being better than a Wander Franco or similar, but there's only ever just one Wander Franco. There's never a second Wander Franco. There's never gonna be a second Mike Trout. Never a Correct. second you know Aaron Judge, Shohei Otani, Mookie Betts. There's never gonna be a second one of them. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you live pretty close to uh, Tampa Bay, right? Yeah, about a ninety, ninety to eight, a ninety to one hundred minute drive. Okay, so that's still uh, a ways to go to. It's still know. a little ways to go, but compared to all every other MLB uh, place, like Miami's like five over five hours away, and Atlanta's like six hours. How many? Uh, how many Tampa Bay games did you get to go to this year? I only went to one this year, but last year I went oh. to two. Okay. Yeah, I remember when. Uh, so the Angels came to uh, the Angels came to Camden Yards this year. Um, of course, Shohei did not pitch at Camden the whole series. Somehow, just the the stars aligned to not want me to see uh, Shohei. Shohei did hit a home run in Camden Yards. Actually, Mike Trout and Shohei hit hit a home run in the same game. That was pretty cool. Um, but did not get to see him pitch, and I hope I will get to see him pitch someday. Um, the Brewers and 
Cardinals should be getting underway shortly. Um, we'll probably be done here before we see Pujols or yeah, Pujols uh, get up to bat. Um, what do you think? So you know, uh, I, I want to revisit visit the rookie of the year for a second uh, before we talk about some of our uh, fantasy football over the this past week. Um, AL rookie of the year. There was one point where Adley Rushman was kind of getting close, uh, you know, at least in the ballpark of conversation with J-Rod. But I feel like, you know, as soon as J-Rod hit the 2020 mark, um, you know, that, that kind of went out the window. But Bobby Witt, in Kansas City also has 2020 season. Um, is is Bobby Witt not getting enough recognition? It's not that he's not getting enough recognition. It's that there's two guys that are more deserving than him, and it, it's not it's not it's nothing against Bobby Witt. I think it's one Kansas City. Like, I mean, not a lot of people are going to tune into Kansas City anyways, and when they aren't that good, that's even going to let lessen that. Even though they are one of the most kind of young and exciting teams in the big leagues, people aren't just going to tune into them because, you know, they aren't good and people pop. And if you're just a casual fan, you're not going to think, oh, yeah, let me watch this young team that's exciting, whereas I can watch Pools try and hit 700 home runs. But I think, too, Adley Rushman and and Julio Rodriguez kind of set, kind of pulled themselves away from the field in the AL Rookie of the Year voting, almost like in the National League, where I think Michael Harris and... Spencer Strider have just pulled away from the field. I think that there's a clear top two in both leagues. I think the American League, it's Julio Rodriguez and Adley Rutschman. And the National League, I think it's Spencer Strider and Michael Harris. I think that they've just kind of pulled away from the pack. Um, I haven't personally seen Bobby Witt as a fielder. Um, any, You don't have to go like crazy into the numbers. Um, talking more, more of just the eye test. Any... Any insight on Bobby Witt? Because I'm looking at his war right here, and even though he has 20 home runs, 27 stolen bases, he only has a 0.8 war. And I'm wondering why that is. He has 71. Yeah, the defensive metrics hate him. Okay. Yeah, negative 17 defensive runs saved, negative 6.1 UZR, negative 5 outs above average, negative 4 runs above above average. Defensive metrics do not like him. And he's made a uh, 14 errors at short this year, three at third. So that's probably why, um, you know, and, and that's kind of why I assume because his offensive numbers are pretty, pretty dang good. 2020 season, uh, 249 batting average. Um, you know, he, he's having a good, very good rookie of the year. Or, sorry, he's having a very good rookie year. Um, it's just Julio Rodriguez here is about to have a 25 25. Um, he needs one more stolen base and we'll have 25 home runs, 25 stolen bases. Same amount of RBIs as Bobby Witt has five more runs scored. Um, OPS plus is down a little, you know, there's a big gap there, but man, um, J-Rod has 5.4 war and his numbers aren't too far off from Bobby Witt. So those defensive metrics must hate him. Yeah, the defensive metrics hate. Uh, they hate uh, Bobby Witt. They're they like uh, Julio Rodriguez with defensive metrics. Three defensive runs saved, six of outs above average, five uh, runs above average. Uh, UZR does have him at uh, one negative one, but that's because they don't rate his arm well. Uh, mm-hmm. But they love his range in the outfield. The UZR UZR is a combination of is of his arm range and. Uh, Basically, your errors, uh, how many errors you make. They have like a formula for that, but they love is the part of the range part of it they love, but they don't love the uh, arm and center. Uh, all right. Well, just some updates before we talk a little fantasy football. Um, Tampa Bay, G Man Choi, home run, hits a home run off of Alec Manoa. So they're, they're winning one nothing. And the Red Sox have a runner on third with two outs. Uh, what happened here? Uh, Devers walked. Devers stole second base. And Tristan Cassis just hit a home run right now. 
I mean, I mean that's I'm, my game literally frozen, so that's great. I just turned the game day on right now, and just saw it, the home run, you know, banner uh, come across. All right, so the Red Sox uh, hit a home run. Tristan Cassis hits his second home run uh, off of Garrett Cole, two run variety. As uh, Devers stole third before, I'm uh, sorry, Devers stole second for his third stolen base of the year. Um, all right, so the Red Sox winning two nothing. Wow, um, it's a good right. start. Yeah, yeah, good start. All right, Derek, uh, talk about fantasy football. What what happened this week? I absolutely wiped the floor with Luke, and <laughs> it has nothing to do with Luke. It has absolutely everything to do with that. My team is ridiculous, and I don't know how you guys allowed me to get such draft such a ridiculous team. Um, essentially, so Luke put up the most points out of all the losers this past week. Yet he got he lost by the biggest point margin. Dang. <laughs> yeah, he put up the most out of everyone who lost. He put up the most points, and he got blown out by the most. I because I have so I have. My first two picks were Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Jefferson put up a 40 bomb, almost. And Chase put up, like, 25. Saquon Barkley put up, like, 30. Essentially 30. It was, like, 29 point something. Michael Thomas put up 20. Uh, Jameis Winston put up 25. And then, like, I didn't even need anything else from anyone. Like, ETN put up, like, 6. Okay, whatever. Trevor Lawrence put up 15. All right. Um, Like, Kyle Pitts put up 3. Okay, cool. Doesn't matter. My defense, I don't, I don't remember. They did all right. Um, but, yeah, my, my team just it, – it just wasn't fair because, I mean, Jefferson put up 35, Chase put up 24, Barkley put up 29, uh, Thomas put up 20, Jameis put up 25. Like, all I needed after that was just, like, very slight. Yeah. You know, it – you know, that's I didn't need much after that. So All right, so who's 1-0 and, and who's 0-1? So – um, I'm one and zero. Um, I'm zero and one. Yeah, I saw that. Um, you are zero and one. Um, let me actually go and look right now. Um, at the league. So I am one and zero. I am leading out of the Bleacher Brawls crew. The only other one who won was Barnes. Um, and then Luke Pat. Yourself, Doug, and then Joey all lost from the Bleacher Brawls crew. Oh, John, so John should have won also. Oh, yeah, John. Oh, yeah, I missed John. John did win as did well. <laughs> yeah, I, I missed him. I uh, read over him. Uh, but, yeah, so essentially me, John, and Barnes won. Luke, Pat, Doug, and Joey lost. Yes. And I have – and then for week – so week one, I played Luke um, – and then there was, and then Doug played John. That was the only Bleacher Brawls crew matchups. And then in the weekly report, I had the best team. Joey had the worst team. Um, Joey's team only scored ninety-five points. For comparison, my team put up one hundred seventy. Um, okay. And then uh, Luke had, was the highest points in a loss with one hundred and thirty-three. Barnes had the lowest points in a win with 117. Um, I had the largest blowout, winning by 37 points. Barnes had the narrowest margin of victory, winning by 17 points. Um, and yeah, and Joey was the biggest underachiever. His starting projections for the week was 147 points. His team only put up 95. Wow. I think I was... Close to being the, the biggest underachiever. I, I know I was close because uh, one of my guys really, you know, Henry didn't have a big game, neither did Kamara. Um, and uh, one of my guys, you know, uh, Mitchell got hurt, was out by like halftime. Uh, so he didn't really do much. And yep, Elijah Mitchell's out for like two months now. Yeah. And uh, Stafford did not have a good game. Uh, Cooper Cup had a good game. Stafford did not. So, and you had Kirk Cousins throwing all, all the balls to Justin Jefferson for me. Yeah, yeah, it's just a good. I'm glad I wasn't playing you. 
Uh, that 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 game is gonna suck. It's like whenever you have a quarterback throwing to you know the person, it's like ah, I don't want to play that person. All it's right, like you uh, don't want to play him, but you also know you kind of do because they're gonna yeah. put up points. Yeah. All right. Um, I play Luke this week. Who do you play? I have John. John and I both won. Um, and then in the projections, I think I'm slightly ahead. Uh, projected to win, but if, but I would also I think some of my projections are a little low. Um, right. Are there so. any other? Um, Barnes plays Joey. Um, Bleacher Broads plays Patrick. Also Taylor and Pat playing each other, and uh, that's going to be and interesting. Then, and then Ryan and Maximus play each other, so. That's pretty much it, guys. Uh, Derek, you got anything for the uh, to wrap it up? Uh, yes, I do actually. So, yep. in the twenty twenty one MVP voting, there are a couple shock players who got votes. One uh, in the National League, Lamont Wade Jr. got one point in the voting, which I think means someone gave him like a tenth place vote or something like that, or like a fifth place vote, whatever it was. And, and then in the American League, Mike Zanino got one vote point. Got really? one point in the voting. So okay. who is your one shock player, can be from the American League or National League, that's going to get a shock vote in MVP voting? Uh, and um, I'm going to go... I'm going to go right to the Orioles. And... Uh, I think I want to say SETI. Uh, I think I'm going to say SETI or a Dean Kramer type pitcher. I, you know what? Never, you know what? Nope. Never mind. Uh, I say the closer, uh, Jose Bautista, uh, Felix Bautista, Felix Bautista. Wow. <laughs> Felix Bautista. Uh, I'll give him an MVP vote because I give him rookie of the year votes too. All right, so I'm looking at this, and I think I'm going with Spencer Strider. I think he's going to oh. win Rookie of the Year. Oh, 100%. Oh, I, I think th- he's – I well, here's my problem with Spencer Strider in MVP voting. I think he's going to get overlooked a little bit in MVP voting because Kyle Wright is also in that rotation. He's won – like I think he's got like 19 wins this season, or he's got 17 wins this season. He's got a 3.23 ERA. They have Max Freed with a 2.50 ERA, and he's really the face of that rotation. Uh-huh. Um, Strider has a 2.72 ERA, but he has a 1.76 FIP. He's got a 38% strikeout rate, um, only an 8% walk rate, a 40% ground ball rate. Like, good, good luck. Basically, 80% of the time, you're either going to strike out or hit a ground ball hmm. against Spencer Strider. You might get lucky, and you might get a uh, ground ball hit, but he has been amazing this year. I think he's been better than people expect. I mean, not that people say I think he's been better than what people realize he's been. Um, Did he start the year in the bullpen? In the rota- uh, he started the year in the bullpen, right? Because yeah. I, I only see I yeah, see nine, nineteen games starts in thirty games. Starts, yeah, yeah. He started the year I, in the bullpen. I did not know that. Yeah, and he's just now he's just like throwing like seven innings every game, throwing like a hundred and one yeah. with yeah, like a nasty slide. And he has hundred and ninety-two strikeouts. Yeah, exactly. A hundred and twenty-five innings and hundred and ninety-two strikeouts. He got thirteen point seven five strikeouts per nine innings. That's insane. <laughs> exactly that's that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like you don't realize how good he is, so you start looking at the numbers. He's got a four point eight war. And like that, he's only got 19 starts at the same time. A 2.72 ERA, 2.46 expected ERA, 1.76 FIP, a 2.31 expected FIP. Um, as Marvin Gonzalez hits a two-run homer for the Yankees, that's not fun. Wow. Um, but yeah, he's just like he's been so ridiculous this year. His batting average against is 185. Yeah, that's that's nuts. I think he'll. I I think 100. percent I would say 99%. He's rookie of the year, and I'd give him an MVP vote or two also. I think yeah. I think we'll get some. I think uh, he should. I honestly, I think, like, if it wasn't for, like, all the eyes on some of the pitchers in the National League, I think he'd legitimately be in Cy Young 
content, like discuss, at least discussion. I don't think he'll win it because he only has 19 starts. He'll probably only have like 22, 23. Yeah. Um, but like if he legitimately, uh, actually, I don't even know if he's eligible for it. I, I don't know what the innings requirement is. I think it. I think it's like a one inning per game, so I think that would be 162 innings. I don't think he'll reach that. Um, but like he should at least be in the in the conversation because he's been so ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Well, we are running long. Uh, we will wrap it up here. Good way to wrap it up. Uh, very good way to wrap it up, though. Um, every Tuesday, you can meet us here. Normally, it's the Doug and Barn show, but this week it was the Doug and Derek show. It was Double D show um, because Barnes had uh, something with work, so he was unable to attend today. But I'm sure he will be back next week. And until next Tuesday, you can catch us, obviously, here on Twitter. Our podcast comes out twice a week. Uh, Derek here is the YouTube consigliere. He masterminds the the youtube verse and instagram all that kind of cool stuff so if you need more bleach brawls in your life find us you can find us anywhere on social media we're there and um yeah i'm i'm doug derek was you know nice enough to join me today and we will see you next time thank you all for tuning in